Well, this morning or this weekend, we are uh, beginning a new series here at Birchridge. So um, really looking at the, the, the big picture of, of where we're heading over the next few weeks is leaning in and listening to some very specific Jesus conversations that, that Jesus had with people uh, in a specific moment in time in, in the world where he was um, talking to some who had been following after him for a long time or following after him long enough to begin to, to start to think that maybe they were starting to figure it out. Um, he's talking as we, as we go through um, conversation with people who thought they had it all figured out. And he's talking with a group of people, kind of all at the same time, this, these group of people we could maybe understand as the, as the not yet disciples, those people who, who were still learning or trying to figure out if, even if they wanted to get in on it. And so the, the conversation happens in the middle part of the book of Matthew, and it's Jesus really sending out and saying, this is what the life that I created you for actually looks like. And so in some ways, for some of us, it's going to be a corrective conversation. For some of us, it's going to be a conversation where um, it gets encouraging to us because we're starting to maybe get, to get a chance to have some things make sense where God is doing this transforming work, but we're like, I don't know. I don't, am, am I even moving forward? Is there progress? What is it that this is supposed to look like? For some of us, as we listen to Jesus talk over these next few weeks, talk to others 2,000 years ago, now we lean in and listen now, um, we're going to get to hear him talk to people that are a lot like us. Maybe some of us that feel like outsiders or feel like we don't have it figured out or feel like we've got a long way to go that um, we can hear Jesus speak to other people that are in that kind of scenario and we can listen to him speak. Uh, for some of us, maybe we've been journeying for a while and um, we're just trying to understand maybe what the next step is, what it's supposed to look like and what life is supposed to look like. And so, so for all of us, that's the good news in this particular, this, this series is there is something for all of us, whether it's that we, we think we've got it figured out, whether we just feel like we're starting to get it figured out or maybe we're hoping we're starting to get it figured out or maybe we're just trying to figure it out. Like, so in one of those categories, I guarantee you, we all fall somewhere in that. Maybe we don't even realize it, but... Um, but we're there. So there's something for us in all of these conversations. And that whole, the, whole, the whole series is, is under the umbrella or the title of The Easy Life, uh, which is us understanding that we are called to a particular way of living that isn't necessarily supposed to be as difficult as we make it sometimes, right? or as difficult as we allow it to be sometimes. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be tension. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be hard stuff. But there is a way of operating, even in the midst of the, the challenges, even in the midst of the things that come our way that, that are unexpected, that, that we can operate with a certain ease with God. And that's the invitation that has been made to us. But the, the problem is, when we come to something like this, maybe we saw the title of this series, we looked at this, and it's like, okay, I think I know what easy means. Right? I think I understand what this looks like, or at least I hope this is what it means, because this is what would be great for me if it worked like this. That we come with these expectations... Um, like, for example, that easy, when we say the easy life, that we would say that easy means convenient. Right? We are the product of marketing. We're the product of uh, all the kinds of things, that the, the commercials and the advertisements, all these things that would seek to get our attention. That it would say, so, so, so easy means that this becomes more convenient for us. That, that this life that we're invited to is, is really a life of convenience that's marked by something that doesn't require much of us. That, 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 that when we say easy, that we think that, that it means convenient. Or maybe 
maybe we kind of come along the lines of saying, so, so easy life means that they're, they're only experience comfortable circumstances, right? When something is, is easy or we think of, of an easy way of living, that that, that means that our, our boat never gets rocked, right? The things, are, things are go about pretty simple, that, that circumstances don't become unexpected, that we don't go through hard things, that, that we can basically expect that things will go easy for us. And so we maybe take that, and that's the framework that we use to understand the conversation that Jesus is having with the people that, that have gathered, and now us 2,000 years later, listening to the same kinds of conversation. Or maybe for some of us, we look and we say, well, the easy life. The easy life would have to mean, if, if it's going to be easy, then it means that, that I'm going to get my way. Right? That, that if, if, why, would it be, why would it be easy if, if, if it's not just about me getting what I want? In some ways, we could look at that and say, so, so if, if life is supposed to be easy with, with Christ, then maybe what that means, if, maybe we don't say it this way, but, but we operate like it's this way, that that means that, that we basically mark out a path, that we set our goals, that we set our direction, then we say, God, I want you to come alongside what I'm doing. I want you to bless what I want to do. I want you to bless the mission that I have. I want you to bless the thing that, that I'm trying to accomplish. And so we're saying, so what, basically what we're asking God to do with, with that version of the easy life is basically saying, so, so God, make what I want to do easy. Right? That it doesn't require us actually surrendering direction or pace or anything else that, that goes along with that. And so, so we look at that and, we, and we, we, we come to this conversation as Jesus is saying, this is what life could look like as he's creating this invitation or making this invitation for people and, and, and he's saying, so it, it could be easy. And we're like, well, I think I understand what easy is and so that, that would be the thing that I'm signing up for. I'm signing up for convenient or, or comfortable circumstances or, or, or Jesus just blessing the, the mission that I have that, that, I, that means that I get my way. But for some of us, it's not one of those three things. It's, this, it's another thing that we, that we bring to this easy life conversation, this, this easy life conversation with Jesus as he speaks to us that um, for some of us, life has just been hard, right? That it feels like every little bit of progress that we've ever made has just been marked by challenges, by, by difficult circumstances, that everything has been more difficult than, than what we expected it to be. And so for some of us, it's not just that we we have an expectation or we feel entitled to easy, that for some of us, it's like, I don't even believe that easy actually exists, right? Every bit of progress that I've ever made, every little thing that has ever been, like anything that looks like progress has, has been marked by extreme challenge. Or maybe it's like, I'm not sure that easy even exists because I can't even imagine what that would look like. Everything has been difficult. And so in some ways, we've even lost our tr- the trust that we might have that, that, that there's even this idea of easy at all. And so Jesus, now speaking to people, to an audience, to a group of people that have gathered together from all sorts of different backgrounds, and, and he's writing, and he, or he's, he's talking, and Matthew's recording for us in, in Matthew 11, this, this conversation that Jesus is having with, with a group of people that was fairly diverse in terms of their experience. He's talking at the beginning of this, uh, this arc of Scripture, he's talking with this crowd about, about John the Baptist and what they expected to see when they came to see him. That he's, he's dealing with, with their lack of response to the message that, that John the Baptist brought to them. And then Jesus turns in just a, a few sentences, turns the conversation differently. He's now turning this conversation to say, so this is what it looks like. This is what it looks like to follow Jesus. That there's this connection, I think, between expectations and what is it that you thought you were coming for? And then, so what kind of life do you think it's supposed to look like? Or what do you think life is going to be like for you? And so he begins to describe on the foundation of expectations, starts to talk about what it means to follow Jesus. 
and then woven through this story as we hear Jesus speak in these verses that we're spending time in this morning. We're going to see these, these themes of belief and trust woven through the conversation, through this prayer that, um, that he prays in creating a foundation for the rest of the conversation and, 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 and Jesus speaking to God and to the Father and allowing us to, to hear what he says, to, to hear what he's teaching people as he's teaching them, these themes of belief and trust. And then the very invitation, the piece that we're going to be looking at this morning, this, this invitation that he's made, that he continues to make for this way of living that's, that's different than the way we would make for ourselves. He's speaking correctively to an audience that is, is diverse in terms of their experience. That means that he's speaking to religious leaders, those who thought they had it figured out, those who were in charge of leading other people because they had, it, you know, had, had training and had it figured out. That, that he's speaking to his disciples, those who were starting to follow him on mission, that were being trained as they went along the way, that were learning what it looked like to follow him and to help other people follow him. And then he's speaking in this same conversation with a group of people who maybe by their choice or by their sense of the way things worked or maybe by the way people had treated them that they felt like outsiders in the conversation. And Jesus is speaking to, to all of these people. And so there's layers in this conversation. There's ways of understanding that there's because Jesus is not just talking to a group of people but to people with all the kinds of tensions that we were talking about, with all the kinds of background and the, and the thoughts and expectations of life and all these things that are, that are wrapped up in, in what it would mean to have a life that seems like it's blessed by God, to seem like it's made easy because of a relationship with God. And so Jesus speaks to a crowd that has tension, to a crowd that has gone through difficult things, who is going through difficult things, who have experienced all sorts of different kinds of experiences. And Jesus simply says this in verse 28 of Matthew chapter 11. He says, Come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus says, come to me. Right, earlier in, in, the, in the book of Matthew, the, the, uh, Matthew records Jesus' call to the disciples. In Matthew 4.19, he says, come follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. That, that there's this invitation to follow, right? This, is, this active statement, he says, come Follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. That, that it's marked by um, Jesus' explanation and, and, and sense of what that mission actually is that he's calling these disciples to follow him on. But in this moment, as the disciples are listening, as, as the people who have gathered around him are listening, Jesus is reminding them that I think that the first piece of what that calling actually is is, is to the presence of Jesus. He's saying, come, follow me. It doesn't mean just go to work and do things. He says, come, spend time with me. He's speaking to his disciples, and he's speaking to the not-yet disciples. For, for the disciples, he's, he's saying this, this statement. He's saying, come follow me, or, or, or come to me. And he's saying, don't forget your primary calling is first to, to be with me. The, their primary calling is to spend time with him, and then to allow that to shape the way they see the world, to allow that to shape what they understand their purpose is, to allow that to shape the way that they walk with him. For those who are in that not yet category, this is an invitation first to the presence of Jesus, saying before you start doing things to try and earn things, before you start trying to, to make this, this more complex kind of situation, this complex relationship, before all these things become part of, of your experience with me, Jesus says, come to me. Spend time with me. Allow that to be the foundation for whatever it is that we do together after this. But it's an invitation first to the presence of Jesus. For some of us, we've thought that maybe we have to clean ourselves up. For some of us, we thought we have to, to like, get, our, get our lives in order before we could ever get anywhere close to where Jesus is. And Jesus is saying, let's, let's start together. Let's start by you coming to me first. 
right? Which is also, by the way, as the disciples are listening and, and listening to Jesus talk, not just to them, but to, but to those not yets as well, that, that he's reminding them what the message actually is, that it's an invitation to connection, to presence with Jesus, that Jesus is teaching them on the way of what, along the way of what it's supposed to be, what the calling actually is. And then Jesus, in the next part of this verse, gives a, a very clear description of, of the people that he is specifically inviting in this moment. He says, you, you who are weary and burdened. And there's so much in Jesus' earthly ministry that's marked by his, his compassion and attention to those who are weary and burdened. There's so much about the, the, the road that Jesus walked, the way that Jesus operated when he, when he was on this earth that that was, marked, that was marked by his compassion and care for those who were weary and burdened. We see him fight for them. We see him, we see him pay attention to them, that, that he sees them, and that he fights for them. Later, as Jesus begins to um, speak more directly and more correctly towards the religious systems of the time, in Matthew 23, he, he, he comes at this, this same idea again. He says, then, then Jesus, Matthew again recording this story, says, said to the crowds and to his disciples, again, this, the same kind of mix of people. He says, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So, so you must be careful to do everything they tell you. He says it's important that we learn, it's important that we get an understanding of of what it is that that God is calling us to, that it's important for us to submit to the process of learning. But then Jesus, because he has an eye on those who are weary and burdened, because Jesus cares about those who who are being oppressed, he cares about those who are are being pushed down, that he says, "But, but, but do not do what they do. Right? Learn from them, hear what they say, that there's there's value in their words, but but do not follow the behaviors that they do. Do not do what they do, for they, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and, and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Right? Jesus cares about the burdens that we carry. Jesus cares about when other people put burdens on us. That Jesus, as he, as he continues to, to describe what the invitation is, he says this is an invitation for all of us who are weary and burdened. That Jesus says, I care so much about the burdens that you carry that I came to walk this earth to bear burdens for you so that you don't have to carry what it is you're carrying. So the weight of, of your past, the weight of the sins that you carry there are not things that you carry anymore. This is an invitation for all of us for all of us who are weary and burdened, right? A specific invitation that's being sent out to people who, who feel like they've got heavy loads on their shoulders, who feel like they maybe can't even handle the weight of everything that's been placed on them. And in this invitation is incredibly good news. It's incredibly good news because it doesn't say, once you have sorted out your mess, once you have unburdened yourself, once you have figured out a way to operate that, that seems to make sense, then come to me. Jesus says, in your burden, in, while burdened, while weary, you don't have to fake it. You don't have to have it all figured out before we come close to Jesus. Right? That Jesus is not afraid of our weariness. He's not afraid of the burdens that we carry, that, that he's calling us to himself just as we are. But then he's inviting us to go through a process where he actually helps us deal with that. Right? What a beautiful thing for us that for those of us who think that we've got to have it all sorted out. For those of us who think, well, once I once I have it all figured out, then 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 maybe Jesus would would want to have some time with me or would want to pay attention to me. But Jesus says, I see you, weary one. I see you, burdened one. Come close. I'm here to help. This is what I came for. 
And then he says, and I will give you rest. He doesn't say, and I will make it worse. He doesn't say that I will like, judge you for what you have done. He says, I am here. I'm here to allow you to operate in a different kind of way, for you to operate in a way that's at ease with me and with God. That Jesus is likely reminding the audience in this moment, when he talks about giving them rest, he's likely reminding the audience of, of God's abiding promise of rest, his promise to Moses that, that he made thousands of years before this conversation that he's having with these people in Exodus 33. There's this conversation that's recorded between Moses and the Lord that that Moses has been given this significant mission of, of leading God's people, leading people, and, and, and he's looking at, at God and saying, I'm not sure how I actually can accomplish what you've placed in front of me. That You've called me to this thing that, that's beyond my capacity, and so I'm not sure how I'm supposed to pull this off. And so in verse 12 of Exodus 33, Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. He says, you have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. So if you're pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. Moses rightly saying, look, the, the, the weight of all of this really isn't on me. These are your people that you're, you're asking me to lead. But Moses says, I also understand that the, the burden that, that is on my shoulders is, is too great for me to bear. I can't, handle the, I can't handle this by myself. So, so who is it that you're going to send with me? Who is it that you're going to raise up alongside me so that, so that this burden doesn't become this, this crushing weight on my shoulders? And then in verse 14, the Lord replies to Moses. He says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. What a beautiful statement in the midst of, the, in the, midst of the, the task that was far too great for what Moses could even imagine that he was capable of doing. God says, look, I get it. This is a big thing that I'm be, that's being asked of you. That there's a lot that, that's going to be difficult, that the journey that's ahead of you is, is not going to be simple. It's going to be a difficult thing, but, but my presence, not just raising up somebody to help, help bear a burden, my presence will go with you. And even in the midst of the challenges and, and all the circumstances that are coming your way, I will give you rest. It doesn't mean the absence of Tension. It doesn't mean the absence of work, but it means that there is rest to be found along the way. And so then Moses replies to him, if your presence does not go with us, right? Just reminding God, I think, in this moment, saying, look, if, if your presence doesn't go with us, then, then don't send us. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And Jesus now echoing thousands of years later in a conversation with people who would have understood and known this story, he says, so, so I'm with you. Come to me. And I'm going to echo the same promise that, that God made to Moses back uh, thousands of years before this conversation to, to give you rest. Some of us are, are doing some, some heavy things and, and walking through some difficult sets of circumstances. And for us, it's like, can't even imagine finding rest in this. The task is so big, the, the, the weight is so great that how can I do anything? I've got all the work to do. And Jesus says there is rest in the midst of all of these things. And so there's really two ways to, just to kind of like make a distinction between the way we operate in this way. There's two ways. You talk about rest, this rest that has been invited to, or that we've been invited to. There's two ways that maybe we think we could get to rest or two ways to find rest. One would be that we, that we earn it. 
right, that we work really, really hard. Some of us know what this feels like when we're getting ready to go on vacation, and so we, we try and do as much work as we possibly can to kind of like front load everything so that we can take some time off. And then when we come back, we know it's going to be like even more work to do because we're trying to play catch up, and it's like, man, it's actually more work to rest than it is just to work sometimes, right? And Jesus is, is saying, so there's a way to say like, I'm, I'm going to like earn it. Or maybe we're talking spiritually where it's like, so... So I want to be able to rest in God. So I've got to figure out a way to really push hard. I've got to do all the things and, 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 and try and accomplish as much as I can because it, it feels like there's this scale. And if I can, if I can put enough weight on the, on the side of this piece that makes me feel like I've done enough, then, then maybe I could, I could rest in what I have done. And what Jesus is saying in this conversation is it's like, it's not you earning it. It's not you front-loading your work and being ready to work hard when you come back from this time of rest. But he's saying, in the midst of in the midst of all the things, receive rest. Receive rest. And so Jesus says it's, it's not natural for us to do this, to, to, to find rest in the work, that, that there, is still a, there is still work to be done, but we can operate and, and be refreshed in a different way. Jesus says, so, so here's how. Right? This is how it plays out. In verse 29, he says, so, so take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. What a beautiful statement. The, the, the words that Jesus is speaking are, 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 are words that, that, that give us hope, that help us imagine that, that things could go a little better than maybe what they are right now, or maybe a lot better than they are right now. That Jesus, because he's speaking to people who would have understood the way agrarian culture works, they understand how farming works, is, is speaking to a people who would have understood the way that yokes work, at least when, when an oxen is being, is being trained, that there's two positions. You can't have two oxen that are, that are like exactly the same. You have one that's, that's the strong, the one that's doing the, the, the bulk of the work, that's, that's the one that's trained well. And you, the, on the other side of that, that yoke, you'd have the one that's like in an easier position. Right? It's the one that's in training, the one that's learning, the one that's maybe not doing all of the, the same kind of work, but it's, 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 it's with that stronger ox. That there's a strong ox that's in the strong position, and there's the, the one that's in the easy yoke. He says, so take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. So he's using this picture. And the thing that we have to understand is there is tension even in the way that we approach this conversation, that we hear rest. We hear rest and we, we, we immediately turn it into something that rest is not. Right? We hear rest and, and we think, well, um, am I resting well enough? <laughs> am I doing a good job of resting? Because honestly, most of us don't rest well. We don't idle well. And we, we look at the, even just the, the last few months, I remember like the, when things started to shut down because of the coronavirus outbreak, I think most of us probably made it about three days of, of shutdown before we started to climb the walls, right? Before we started to, to like lose it. We just don't idle well. We can't shut down well. We don't rest well. That we have to turn it into something. That we have to like make progress all the time and push forward and, and make things difficult because we, we turn it into work. Am I resting well enough? Am I doing what you're, what you're asking me to do? We, we, we turn this, even the idea of rest, we, we make it into work. Or maybe we, we take on pressure. Am I resting well enough? Is God pleased with the way I'm resting? And we, and we turn it into this thing where you almost have anxiety related to how we're doing with this. And Jesus is like, whoa, come on, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're turning this into something it was never intended to be. Or maybe we, we make it even like transactional where it's like, okay, so, 
So again, like, I'm going to make it so if I, if I do enough, then, then I can find some rest. If I, if I like, make things work in a way that, that allows me to feel like I can rest, that we turn this, this idea of resting into something it was never, ever intended to be. So we have to acknowledge this tension, and we have to fight it at every step. And so Jesus says, come to me, which is a promise of presence. Right? Come to me, and, and, and we can learn to rest in that, that, that regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the tension, that Jesus was speaking to people who were, were weary and burdened, that, that he's speaking and saying, look, it's not just that we're going to take this away, but even in the process of me taking this away, even in the process of bearing this, that, that you're going to find rest, because this process will, will take some time. But we need to rest first in the presence of Jesus. And it begins with an invitation. And so we don't run right to work. We don't run right to trying to accomplish things and do things and trying to earn the opportunity to rest that, that we stop. Step one, come to me. And then we rest in that. And then Jesus says, take on the yoke of discipleship, right? Take on the yoke that, that I'm offering you. Which, by the way, and we'll get to this in a little bit, the, just the which means that there might be some other yokes in our lives that need to come off first, right? Some other things that are giving direction to our lives that are, that are counterfeit, that aren't worthy of the, of, of the position that they hold in our lives, of, of creating op- or limiting our options and, and creating a path for us and, and, and taking us in a particular direction and, and, and burdening us and pulling us back and all these things that, that there may be some yokes that we need to take off before we take on the yoke that, that Jesus is offering, and then Jesus says, learn from me, which is good news because he doesn't expect us to have it figured out. Even in the very invitation that he's making, he says, so, so learn from me, that there's a learning process, that it's okay that we don't have it figured out. It's okay even if we feel like we're way behind because Jesus says, I trust the process. Would you trust me and trust the process? Let's figure this thing out together, that we have to learn the pro- to, to, to trust the process if we're going to find rest that we can find some sort of pace, that we can allow ourselves some grace in our lives to, 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 to follow in the path that, that Jesus has laid out for us instead of making the, the process work at every step along the way. And then Jesus says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light, which is a great filter for us to understand what the, what the counterfeit yokes and the counterfeit burdens are in our lives. Because if it's not easy... Right? If this thing that is, 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 is being placed on us in terms of getting us in the direction that, that God is calling us to, if it's pulling us away from the ideal that, that God has for us, then, then that's not easy. Right? That, that, that's how we identify the counterfeit yokes maybe that have been placed on us or that we have chosen by the choices that we make or the behaviors and habits and rhythms and all those kinds of things, that, that there is something that's giving direction to our lives and it may or might, may not be the right thing. So is it easy is it light when it comes to burdens and yokes? Jesus in Matthew 23, again, reminds people that, that there are some people who will place burdens on us, that are very willing to, to, to put burdens on us that have no desire, no energy at all to, that, that's going to be put into actually helping us bear that burden. So, so don't do that to each other, right? Don't operate like this, that this is not what, what it looks like to, to follow me in community at all. Jesus doesn't do that. But sometimes we actually are, are doing the work that makes it hard for ourselves, right? That, that we have chosen things, that we're allowing a yoke because a yoke isn't just about the, the task that's being done, but it does limit our options. It does limit the directions that we can go, that, that, it, that it puts us in a particular, a particular lane. 
And Jesus says, is it taking us, right? Is that taking us where we want to go or not? That sometimes we, we make decisions, sometimes we yoke ourselves in a way or yoke ourselves to something that, that makes life hard. Is it easy? Is it light? But I think it's also important for us to recognize that what Jesus is not offering what Jesus is not offering is that we can do whatever we want, that as if there's no yoke, that, that we get to do what we want and he's just going to come and bless whatever it is that we want to do, that, that there is an actual, like, an actual way of operating, that we are like, limiting our options, that there is direction, that there is a pace, that there is training that's, that's being done. And there is also weight to this, right? That we're talking about our relationship with God, we're talking about our spiritual lives, we're talking about the journey of a lifetime, that there is a burden, but the good news is what Jesus is also saying is that he came to carry that weight for us. Right? That's what makes it light. Is that, is that the, 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 the mistakes and the weight that, that weighs on us from the life that we've lived up to this point is, is something that, that is being invited to be taken off of us. That Jesus says, I do what no one else is willing to do. Where everyone else is putting weight on you, I'm taking the burdens off. Right? So there may be some yokes and some burdens that have to hit the ground that need to be let go of. And so this conversation becomes corrective as Jesus is talking to the, the audience originally and now it becomes corrective for us as we listen in. It's, the question is, is, so we're talking about yokes and we're talking about burdens. Is it, is it easy? Right? Or are we finding ourselves straining in some way against something or being pulled in a direction that we don't want to go? Is, is, is it easy? If not, why not? Is it the wrong yoke? Is it that we're straining against the right yoke? That we're, that we're, that we're maybe yoked in the, in the right way, but we're, but we're not willing to surrender what it is that we want to see happen, and so we're making the easy yoke into the hard yoke. Is it easy? If not, why not? What or who is making it hard? Is it, is it somebody else that is, that's, that's, that's placing a yoke on us, or whether it's their expectations or the, the things that they're doing or what they've done to us? Is, is it someone else or is it, so, is it something we're doing for ourselves to, to make this maybe part of our, our, of our devotional life, our prayer life this week, saying, God, this yoke that, that, I'm, that I'm under, this thing that's, that's holding on, this, this thing that's giving direction to my life, it's It's not easy. When I'm trying to do the right things, it feels like I'm getting pulled in the wrong direction. Or maybe I'm being pulled in the right direction. I keep pulling against it in the wrong direction. Like, it's not easy. God, would you show me? Give me eyes to see why this is not easy. Is it light? Right? Am I carrying a weight that I was never intended to carry? Am I, am I allowing other people to put things on my shoulders that, that shouldn't be? Or am I, am I holding on to things that I, I shouldn't be holding on to? Are there things that I'm holding on to that I'm, that I'm called to actually surrender to you? to get before Jesus and say, is it easy? If not, why not? Is it light? If not, why not? Are we making it heavy by holding on to things that we need to let go of? Are we taking on burdens that we were never intended to bear? And so to get this right, and to begin to make progress in this area, we gotta look at, at the way this plays out. And it begins, as, as I said at the beginning, that there is a theme of trust that's woven throughout this passage, that's woven throughout this conversation that it starts with us trusting Jesus, that we trust the one who says, come to me, right? The one who, who says, come to me and, 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 I, and I will do for you. Trust me and, and I, will, I will lead you in the right direction. 
It's also important, though, when we say we trust Jesus, that it doesn't mean that we trust Jesus only when things are going well. It doesn't mean that we trust Jesus only when it feels like the weight is coming off of our shoulders and and tension is disappearing and things seem to be lining up, that it's not an invitation, just like the invitation that that God was giving to Moses thousands of years before the conversation that Jesus is having wasn't, wasn't a promise to avoid difficult things, to avoid hard things. It was a promise of presence. It's a promise of presence in the hard things that in some ways what Jesus is saying is, I am particularly near to the weary and burdened because I'm, I'm with you in that. That it's not that, it's not that, um, that you're going to avoid the hard stuff. It's that I'm going to help you rest even in the hard stuff, right? To become at ease in our relationship with God so much so that, that those things that come our way that are difficult, those things that come our way that would, would seek to take us off track because we're, we're saying, I don't trust my circumstances. I trust Jesus, which makes life easy in some ways, right? It doesn't mean that it's not going to be difficult. It doesn't mean we're not going to face hard things, but it, it doesn't rock our world in the same way that being unconnected or disconnected would. Jesus says, lay down the heavy yoke and the burdens that you're carrying in contrast with literally every other offer like that that would be made to us by some other person or some kind of religious thing that, that says that uh, every other offer is heavy and won't get you where you want to go. Jesus says, my, my offer to you is to lay down this heavy yoke, to stop straining against something or stop, stop straining against something that's taking you in the wrong direction, to lay down the burdens that Jesus is unique in the sense that he's the only one that's offering to bear the weight. But there's a response, right? We have to actually take him up on this, that it can't just be that we have this offer. We actually have to take hold of it as well, that, that, that he's offering to allow us to or help us to, to take off the heavy yoke, to, to lay down the burdens that we're carrying, but that means that we actually have to lay them down, right? There's a response that we have to make to say, I, I don't want to carry this. I don't want to allow this to be the thing that, that gives my life direction. I'm not willing to allow this to be the thing that, that, that's taking me where I don't want to go. Jesus says, I can help with this. I can help with this, but you've got to let me do the work. You've got to let me help you through this. Which means that trust means surrender, right? which is not easy for us. Right? We like to be in charge. We like to be in control. That We want to hold on to or figure things out that, that what makes the offer that Jesus is giving to us, what can take what should be the easy yoke, what should take this unburdened life that he's talking about, what, what we do that, that makes it difficult, what makes that yoke hard, what makes the, the burdens heavy is that we don't surrender. It's, the, it's trust that means surrender. So you could say, well, I, I'm going to take Jesus up on this offer. I'm going to take on this yoke of discipleship that he's offering to me. I'm going to do this. And, and so now here I am. I'm finding myself in this, in this easy yoke position. I'm going, to, I'm going to do this. And we've got the strong ox that's, that's leading the way. And I'm going, to, I'm going to follow him. I'm going to do this. And let's, let's try this. And all of a sudden, we start down this road. And things get really difficult. Right? It's like we're, we're in this easy yoke position, and yet it feels like the, we feel the strain on our shoulders, and we feel the, the, the rub of things not fitting quite right, and, and all this kind of thing. And it's like, well, well why isn't this working? Right? I, I, Jesus, I'm, I'm trying to do what you said I'm supposed to do, but um, we step back, and it's like Jesus is saying, but you haven't surrendered. 
You may have taken the, the first step in, the, in taking on this yoke, but, but you haven't surrendered direction. So here you are, you're in this, this yoke to this other oxen, and you're going, and, and you're trying to still be in control of where this is going. And so all of a sudden, this, this easy yoke where all you have to do is follow and learn and trust and, and, and just submit to this direction, to submit to this process that, that you're straining because you want to go a different direction. Right, you want to be in charge. You want to be in control. And all of a sudden, this what should be the easy yoke has become the hard yoke, has, has started to rub in certain ways that, that's, that's, that's creating tension, that's creating the difficulty in your life because, because you may have even taken this yoke on, but you haven't submitted to the process. You're still trying to be in control of direction. That what makes the easy yoke the easy yoke is simply saying, I'm going to go where I'm, going to go where I'm being led. I'm going to trust the process. I'm going to trust the direction. I'm going to surrender my own sense of the way things are supposed to be to allow God to teach me along the way what he's, what he's actually inviting me to, what life could actually look like. That it gives us a, an opportunity to be at ease in our relationship when, that, that with him, that, that we surrender direction. Or maybe it's for some of us, because we don't idle well, because we're goal-oriented, because we want to see things get done, that, that we're not willing to surrender pace, that we want to be in charge of how fast we go. So it's like, okay, so I'm in this position, but, but I want to go faster than, than, than what it seems like the, the lead ox is wanting to do. And so we're, we're pushing against, we're straining against, and, and we're not willing to, so it's not a direction issue, but it's a pace issue. And we're saying, I, I just want to be there. I want to, I want to get further ahead. I want to work my way forward. I'm going to strain and strain and strain. And it's like, why are you so tired at the end of the day? Why is it that, that when, when you've been doing this, that, that you're much more like, exhausted than you should be? And it's like, you're trying to make something happen. You're pushing, pushing, pushing when, when what you're really invited to is to trust the pace, to surrender to the pace that, 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 that God has for us in these moments. Could be, too, that maybe it's not so much that we're straining ahead, but that we're, that we're dragging back. I, say, I don't want to go there. I don't want to keep moving. I want to go at the pace that I want to go at. It's like, like I'm just going to take my time, and we're, and we're dragging behind. And so, so the, this easy yoke, this easy life that's being invi- that we're being invited to becomes a difficult thing because we just simply don't surrender the direction of our lives or we don't surrender the, the pace in which the things are done in our lives. So we trust Jesus, right, which means surrender. And we trust the process. This is Jesus saying, I will teach you which is such good news because he's asking us to trust the process and he's demonstrating that he trusts the process, right? If Jesus trusts the process, then we should trust the process. The, the good news is he doesn't expect us to have it figured out. Doesn't, he doesn't expect that, that we will have all the pieces put together, that we'll understand everything and do everything right. He says, I trust the process. Trust the process. Which means that we see the process all the way through. We have a tendency as human beings to get just enough of what we thought we were looking for that once we, once we get a little bit of it, that we get, so, we get satisfied far too quickly. That this invitation that's being made to us has this promise attached to it that, that, this is a, that life could look a certain way. This is, this is God speaking. This is Jesus speaking, saying, this is what life could look like. And the question is, why don't we see it all the way through, right? If, the, if this is the picture, and it's like, could we be at ease in that kind of way? Could, could we be at ease in our relationship with God? Could, could life operate, not that it's not going to be difficult, but could we operate in a way that, that's consistent with the promise? Could we get all the way there? And I think we tend to be far too easily satisfied. Where Jesus is saying, see it through, right? All the way to the promise. He says, I will give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden 
is light. To trust Jesus and to trust the process. So much so that we say, I'm going to just, just going to keep trusting. I'm going to keep following. Even when, even when I'm not sure about what those next steps look like. Even when it looks like I've got so much still to learn. That we trust, we trust the leader and we trust the process. But here's where it gets difficult. This week, because the way God operates, because the way God teaches us, that, that there is going to be opportunity, I think, in the coming weeks and months where all of a sudden maybe we start to realize that there are some yokes in our lives that have got to hit the ground. Right? There are some things that we've got to take off that, that, are, that are giving direction to our lives that have absolutely no right to give direction to our lives. We say, look, I want to be yoked in this discipleship relationship. I want to be yoked in a way that, that takes me where Jesus wants me to go, that, that trusts, that, that, that puts me at ease with the one who's inviting me to rest in him. And that means that there's going to be some yokes that come to our attention, or maybe there's some yokes that get placed on us along the way. We're going to like, figure out and allow God to show us that so we can take those off and let those, let those hit the ground. There's going to be burdens for some of us that we've been carrying or will come our way that, that we're tempted to hold on to, to carry as if they're ours to carry. And this process, this learning process, this, this getting to the easy life, this at ease in our relationship with God, this, this process is, is in part a process of letting go, of, of laying down the things that we were never intended to carry. I mean, it's not just that other people put things on us, it's, a, it's that we're willingly carrying things we were never intended to carry. So trust the process, right? Trust the one who calls and says, that I, want you to, I want you to follow me. I want to, you to take on this easy yoke, but, but you're going to have to take off some yokes. You're going to have to lay down some burdens. You're going to have to trust me with the things that, that maybe you don't want to trust me with yet. There's going to be so many yokes and burdens that, that need to be dropped along the way. Trust Jesus and trust the process.